And we're back. Welcome. Hello. Hey, I'm Zach. I'm Jenny. And we're wrapping up and going deeper on the 1979 comedy? Uh, 10? It's supposed to be comedy. It says it's a comedy. That's what all all the things say. So before I start just reading down questions and and ridiculous questions and finding answers to the stupidest questions we can ask, do you got anything to say? (laughs) No, I mean, just 10, 11, nobody's perfect. I I don't know. Uh, Well, since you say that, I did um, look up the Observer Reporter for Washington, Pennsylvania, Okay. I could not find the same movie critic. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I know you really like review. him. I know. I was looking so hard. Uh, they do have a, a seafood buffet at the Ramada Inn Ooh. on Friday. Um, Where is this again? At the Ramada Inn in, in uh, uh, Washington, Pennsylvania. How, I wonder how coastal that is. It was five ninety five. You get some, uh, some whole-baked stuffed salmon, some whitefish okay. with lemon butter sauce, some, some okay. uh, delicious Creole jambalaya. Now, jambalaya is misspelled. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe uh, that's how we do it in Philadelphia. We have unique cod-stuffed potatoes. Unique. Unique. Mm. <laughs> I'm a little afraid as to what makes them unique. Suspect. And uh, refreshing desserts. Are desserts refreshing? Apparently they are. Okay. Cool. Uh, but we did get to the uh, the movie poster for 10 in this, and uh, it says, When rating women, if eights make you tingle and nine make you gasp. Imagine what will happen when you meet a 10. Okay. That's fine, but... And that looks really weird. I'm sorry this is not a visual medium, but like it printed in a newspaper, black and white. I can't not even tell what I'm looking at. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It looks really weird. But so what else is going on? We've got uh, Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke. Okay. We've got uh, Burt Reynolds and Candace Bergen in Starting Over. I've never seen that. We've got uh, When a Stranger Calls. Oh, that might be good. Yeah. So uh, there's at least three movies here that are kind of dad movies that aren't very funny. <laughs> That's true. And I really think that that is, and I, I think I've said this before. Oh, Rocky Two is starting today. Oh, cool. Um, that's a really little picture for Rocky Two versus this huge picture for 10. It, yeah, 10 takes up. It's I don't know what proportion that is. It's not really like a quarter, an eighth. I'm not sure. Um, but... The late 70s into the 80s, movies were, the demographic for movies was much, much more of a male audience and much older of an audience, I think. Um, there was really no, where where now, I think, truly, it's about kids. Kids driving parents to the theater. and Teenagers and probably the 18 to 35. Right. Uh, well, I don't even know about teenagers, you know, in these early in the 70s and 80s. I oh, mean, not now. Not now. but or, I mean, not then, but now. More so. Yeah, more so now. I think the, the demographic and who the the driver, the, the who produces the income. Um, well, the kids don't produce the income, but they spend <laughs> the income much more. That's it, I guess. That's all you had? Yeah. All sorry. Right. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, so I also did find... The TV that I grew up with is advertised in this newspaper. <laughs> and, you know, that, that fantastic seafood feast that's $5.99. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The TV that I grew up with was $359 in 1979. Wow. But I guess it actually is kind of cheap in 1979 because TVs were uh, That's crazy. just apparently how expensive TVs were. I don't 
you know, a Pepsi cost three times what it did when I started working. But boy, I guess uh, electronics have gotten a lot cheaper. Yeah, they have. I mean, they're just built to be recycled, right? Exactly. Speaking of electronics, we talked about the cassette player or the lack thereof in Dudley Moore's 1977 Rolls Royce. Right. He had the 8-track. He did. He did. I did some research on that. And while cassette players had been available since the late 60s. Really? I didn't know that was that early. For cars? That cassettes had been around, but cassettes were really kind of thought of as for uh, vocal recording. They were not something that people really listened to reproduced music on. Interesting. It wasn't really until the late 70s when people started recording music off of the radio, making mixtapes, things like that. And that it really wasn't truly a medium used widely for, uh, for audio until the Sony Walkman. Okay. Is when really it became a musical thing. Mixtapes. Mixtapes. Yes. So can you think of songs that you waited for to catch on the radio to get on a mixtape? I started late on that. Okay. I really started late and it's kind of unfortunate. I think my mixtape started with Metallica's Until It Sleeps. Hmm. So... Load era Metallica, so late '90s Metallica, not the Metallica that anybody cares about. Right, you know, two generations of Metallica after anybody cared about them, and before people cared about them again, and went straight into Ozzy Osbourne's "I Just Want You." Of all the Ozzy Osbourne songs of all the <laughs> yeah. time, of all No Crazy Train, <laughs> yeah, or Close My Eyes Forever. No, this was '96 Ozzy. Yeah, that's real sad, Ozzy. Super sad, Ozzy. In fact, a lot of super sad uh, late 70s acts at that time. Yeah. You know, Duran Duran. Everybody was kind of a little in a weak spot. But Bowie was, uh, you know, we weren't quite to, uh, to Lost Highway just yet. He was really kind of struggling. I mean, everybody had a brief on their sound. Yeah, I mean, that just that nobody was interested in, in quite that same. I know, well, but this kind of goes off of that and thinking about Alice Cooper. I remember waiting for, and that was the thing, like you're recording something off of the radio, so you're probably not going to get the beginning of it. Maybe you're going to get the beginning of it if the DJ sets it up and you're going to get part of the DJ setting it up because you're right there, tape ready, ready to go, you know, trying to butt it up onto the last thing that you, you had. You hope you've got enough left on that side of a tape to get the whole song. But two songs I definitely remember trying to catch, Bohemian Rhapsody, when Wade's World was out. Oh, wow. And Save the Best for Last. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I, don't, I don't know exactly why that one, but um, but yeah, definitely those were ones I was trying to... I wish I still... I might still have some of those. My take. parents got me the Wayne's World soundtrack. Really? They did. And I have absolutely no idea why. I don't. If we talked on this about my parents got me the soundtrack for Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey... I don't know if we talked about this. I know we've talked about yeah, it. Yeah, they did not read the lyrics of like Megadeth's Go to Hell. <laughs> <laughs> they had no idea what they were going into. Because that just... was early because I, I know that I saw that in the theater. I feel like that was like fourth or fifth grade. Yeah, that was definitely smack dab in the middle of the 80s. Yeah. I, yeah, I remember popping that thing in and like, uh-oh, like the devil is coming for me in my sleep tonight. <laughs> yeah, that, that was part of the thing. I mean, we did a lot of our own censoring due to due to our uh, 
our conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when I finally worked up the guts to ask my parents if I could buy Queens a kind of magic, because it's got all the songs from Iron Eagle, uh-huh. but more importantly... From Highlander. From Highlander, right. Well, my mom did not like Bohemian Rhapsody because it talks about like, you know, oh, I wish I was dead and I killed a man and, all, you know, she, yeah. I don't know what she thought, what, what, she never talked about what she thought when the, when the song originally came out, but I'm not even sure she was aware of it when it originally came out. I don't even really know what my parents listened to really. I mean, we listened to a lot of like the oldie station, so a lot of 60s stuff. My, my mom's a big like Four Seasons fan. Um, but like when it comes to like Queen in the seventies, like I don't know what was happening in the seventies. The seventies was a big hole. Ah, man, I just we're gonna put possibly an edit point here. We can decide. We can talk about this off the air. Okay. My mother never meant anyone any harm, but when I did ask her about this band Queen, she huh? said, "Oh, that's the dead guy. They're all gay." That's concise. It. <laughs> Now, There's more to the history of the band. True, but I could see that being... That being the takeaway from someone from her upbringing? Yes, yes. Like, it doesn't matter anything of the substance or anything else. That is the takeaway. And if nothing else, your mother was very concise. She was. She definitely yes. was. She never met anyone new harm, but, you know, that's... We may leave this in we may take it out i don't know we'll talk about it off the air but it, it helps bring in maybe where we came from right it, it definitely does color the households with which we grew up and everyone meant well but it was uh, it was a time it was it was uh the next thing i have is um julie andrews and dudley moore and where were they at this point in their career yes so Julie Andrews was on a bit of a slump. You, okay. I think you might have been. You might have been right. I've been right, and like she Blake was, Edwards is like, "Come on, babe, gotta she do was, this." She uh, was doing her Julie Andrews specials okay. on on TV uh, throughout the '70s. She hadn't been in a major motion picture in about five years at this time, and this was a huge hit and a huge resurgence for her career. A couple of her specials hadn't done so well. The last couple of them, with you know, most of them won Emmys and were fantastic, but the last right. couple hadn't gone so well mm. well well then then i'm glad i mean even though this movie wasn't great her performance is fantastic i really love what she portrays here and if it kind of relaunched her i'm all for it it launched her into her next big hit with blake edwards sob which is a movie about a uh, aging family friendly actress who is in this g movie that is just absolute garbage and so her Husband director convinces her to whip her boobs out to make the movie sell more. Huh. And Julie Andrews does her first nude scene in that film. Really? Yes. And so go look that up if you want to or don't. I, we probably won't watch that. I think there's a lot of suicidal themes oh, in no. the film. And Y'all, I, we, we've, we've already like... This summer has been a This was supposed to be bummer. a hot, hot, hot... <laughs> A hot summer and it's been like real middle-aged and uh yeah 
yeah so so apologies <laughs> we, we really thought we were we were kind of going on a fun little tear um we thought we were we, going through flesh and and yeah. skin and and sizzling beaches and forbidden proposals we just have a bunch of sad old men with big glasses <laughs> that that was that was the takeaway from this summer hit so we promise yes. next next round as we as we uh launch that is going to be way more fun but so sob was not a poorly received film not a huge hit but next film victor victoria was another oscar yeah that was huge yeah she never won a tony really she's not i mean she's not an egot no she's just just lego my ego (laughs) never won a tony of all the people to have not won a tony but i guess i mean i don't know what you had to have recorded to win a tony but I mean, she was in Camelot and My Fair Lady. Uh, just never, never won. I guess, maybe, yeah. If those those cast recordings didn't win, hmm. yeah. And so Dudley Moore, this was his really his breakout role. He was a, a pretty much a sketch comedian slash yeah. novelty music act. Yeah, and, and I kind of thought. I mean, I, I looked a little bit too. I, I thought he would have been, you know, very classic, more the music first. But it seems like more of like a British, mm-hmm. British uh, comedy troupe kind of sketch duo or trio. But yeah, several several albums that were critically acclaimed, big hits, big sellers, lots of specials on British television. But uh, yeah, and we worked hard. We asked our we parents. Did. We looked everywhere. Like, why did we love Dudley Moore? And they it's could not answer that question. The it's best thing your parents said because we watched Arthur all the time. But that's- Which is a whole nother thing. We watched <laughs> Arthur all the time. I knew I'd seen it or I'd seen pieces of it, but that we watched it all the time. It was must have been in the run very early because I don't remember um, – like watching it with my like youngest sisters that being like I don't remember having any like middle school to teenage uh memories of Arthur so it had to have been really really early so we're gonna have to take a look at Arthur for sure at some point but I think we we can give Dudley we, we need to give let's give Dudley Moore a little bit of a yeah. rest I, yeah. I need something but I am kind of excited to get into Liza Minnelli <laughs> <laughs> Well, like interview with Dudley Moore about Liza Minnelli and, you know, somebody interviewed them about their substance abuse problems. And he's like, I'm not really a drinker. <laughs> he just really got a bad reputation. It really, he, he did it so good well. Good job for him. He looks like a drunk. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> That's terrible. I meant he just did a convincing performance that <laughs> that everyone just kind of held. And he does fall down a lot of hills. I mean, we did see some old, he did a bunch of Tesco commercials, which Tesco is, I guess, like a supermarket chain in the UK. And he does a lot of bumbling type of commercials. So, um, yeah, he's got that. That So he could easily pair that with being drunk regularly, but apparently not. <laughs> so then we looked into Bo Derek, and we were both delighted by her she was fantastic film. it was amazing I loved her loved mm-hmm. her loved her and I she was know, really much more dimensional than I expected her to be my history with her was I just kind of thought she was a softcore porn actress who never really did much of anything and unfortunately looking back this is the only thing of note she really yeah it kind of is she was in Orca before this with uh with Richard Harris okay so she has more than one movie with Richard Harris going full-on Richard Harris Oh, that's right. Yeah, the 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 Tarzan movie. The Tarzan movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, she became a person when John Derrick noticed her when they were filming a movie together. Uh, she was sixteen at the time. Mm. Uh, I am 
So John Derrick, if you don't know him, he's a actor, director, been in many things. Um, I know him from the Ten Commandments, uh, but he's been in all sorts of things. But really, by the by the end of his career, he was really directing softcore porn with Bo Derrick in it. That's weird. I mean, I guess maybe you have a hobby together. <laughs> <laughs> So we're uh, so deep diving Playboy. We have his three wives that he photographed for Playboy. Well, okay. So Ursula Andress. Wow. And then we have Linda Evans. Wow. I would invite you to look at Linda Evans's hair in this picture. What's she's got her hair all tied up in a bunch of stuff? Yeah, I don't know what's happening. Is, is this like a proto? Typical, or is this the beginning of what would happen in ten? I don't know, but. I mean, There's a, he's got a type. Ursula Anderson, Linda Evans, dude, I'm. He's got game. I mean, I mean, when Linda Evans is aging out, and you're going after sixteen year olds, and yeah, uh, that's uh, uh. but yeah, and they were together till his death, and she produced uh, some hardcore porn movies that he directed, and she starred in most of his softcore porn movies that he directed at the end of his life, and that. I guess they had quite the affair. Apparently so. And then now she's with John Corbett. Yeah. which Who we absolutely love. I do too. That had to have been... I, I'm sure they're... I mean, they've been together for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but that had to have been some sort of fanboy, something that wound up being like a real thing. You know? <laughs> I mean, like... I mean, I think that's the way um, uh, Jason Momoa and uh, Lisa Bonet yes, really was. Yes. Like, you know, he's like crushes on women that are older than you and like oh my gosh i'm i'm with them now so follow me along here this is a complete tangent that i have okay. no notes on okay but at 22 i rooted for aiden so hard i, I... did you ever have an aiden moment i mean you know oh, yeah. you know me at 40 i am 100 percent big yes. but did you ever have a root for aiden moment? yeah oh yeah yeah absolutely um i think probably the same thing i i probably rooted for Aiden early on because he was sensitive and that seemed like a, a romance. Um, and it, but later on, I mean, I just like more successful men who drink bourbon. I mean, that's, I have, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm Mr. Big. I really appreciate Mr. Big more. I kind of like Iron Man, kind of like older Batman, not hating on on uh, Batfleck. You're the only person who doesn't hate on Batfleck. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's who, let's stop and think about that for a minute. Like we got Batman. He's like a real dude. He's not a superhero with like superpowers. He's just like getting shit done and he's hot and he's rich he's just doing it because he wants to and he gets a little gray come on the fact that you like a gently graying man who enjoys a good scotch is uh, is very helpful for me <laughs> i know you know but that that's just that it is what it is so i proudly i i like ben affleck as batman <laughs> no take backs <laughs> <laughs> i don't know we'll see the next one looks pretty rad Oh, I'm sure it's going to be great. I love all the Batman movies. I've always been a Batman fan. I love Christian Bale. Love Christian Bale before that. Um, I, you know, I need, we probably will revisit some of the. You love the Schumacher ones. Well, I, and that, going to be honest. You like Chris O'Donnell. I like Chris O'Donnell. 
<laughs> I'm a Robin fan in the Schumacher realms. <laughs> well, the first Schumacher one. Second one. Uh, I, we, I've never seen the, the fourth one. I don't know. I, which one's what the I've fourth read, one? The Batman and Robin. The campy Is that Mr. The one? Freeze. Oh, I've seen that. I yeah, in Poison Ivy. From what I've read, though, that if you go back and kind of watch it like you're watching an episode of the TV show, it, it, there maybe can be some entertainment value there. It tracks can... a lot more like <laughs> it tracks a lot more like the old TV show. It does, um, but then like Michael Keaton, I don't. That's that's my like blind spot era because just being younger, you know. One first one. Jack Nicholson is a Joker. Strike one in my household. Two, which we'll get into. The only ever, the only movie we've ever walked out of. My mom was like, "Nope, we're out." Was Batman Two, Batman Returns, um, with Danny DeVito as the Penguin. When Danny DeVito, as a baby, like a deformed baby, gets thrown in the sewer, she's like, "We're out." I don't remember if my dad stayed and watched, but we were gone. Um, which we discussed the year of uh, Basic Instinct was the cover of sex the year in sex and cinema right and was yeah was batman, was batman returns. returns maybe we should check that one out at some point yeah i think we probably will but so i think that that whole era of batman um i did have um a boy who had a crush on me um that would bring me batman cards and like the vicky Vale cards oh wow. that was like his way to try and woo me i don't know why it was like elementary school he was odd he might have shown up too much later in life too anyway but that's a whole other thing <laughs> anybody that knows me personally knows that i cr- collect non-sports trading cards from the 70s 80s and 90s and i do have several several unopened packs of batman trading cards <laughs> yeah i had some for a while like specifically i wanted the vicky Vell cards i mean because of course of course why not? yeah yes uh so i guess wrapping up bo derrick uh, she did get a, a golden globe nomination for this film just about everybody involved in this got a Golden Globe nomination for, for it. And then her next four roles, she was nominated for Razzies. And then was nominated oh. for Razzie for uh, Worst Actress of the Decade. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's tough. Uh, she was 39 in Tommy Boy. Ooh. I don't even know how to process that. That's weird. Um, but also, too, when I think about the way that she looks, she doesn't look, she looks great, but the way she's styled, mm-hmm. she's styled to look much older than 39, I think. She's got kind of that hair set kind of look. Yeah. Um, but I think that's probably on purpose, too. I think so. Because I think it's so. a ruse. And, and, yeah, it seems like her career for the last 20 years has basically been playing either Bo Derek or sexy milfy lady so you know <laughs> that's if it works it works yeah you know no hate um so 1979 sports bra technology right we were a little concerned about some of those jogging ladies it's our fabric corner and uh so what have we found what have we found found a uh, 1979 fall victoria secret catalog uh victoria secret was not yet interested in victoria sport well, no, I don't think Victoria Sport came along even after Pink, which Pink is kind of the teenage letter realm. But Victoria Sport is like the, probably one of the newest lines, I think. But I got to say, in a time where we've just learned that uh, the Victoria Secret's doing away with the Angels, and I got to say, the 1979 Victoria Secret catalog, like, work it, girls. I it's mean, cool looking. They are like the backdrops are all kind of Victorian. Everybody, you know, nobody is airbrushed. There's, you know, there's there's bumps. There's the, and 
these girls are working it. It's kind of fun. They're they're kind of more tableaus than like you're just your individual person. Like they're actually in kind of scenes. Um, yeah, it's more artistic. I like it. So yeah, I mean, so if you're out there and you're not, you know, just a completely molded, made yourself into a angel and you think you're awesome, go for it. Rock it. Uh, I did find a advertisement for a fashion sports bra and a sport body briefer in a uh, 1979 catalog. Sport body briefer. It pretty much just looks like a one-piece bathing suit. It, it does. It, there's a little a bit of a of an underwire support there. Okay. But, That's uh, not really where the issue is when it comes to a sports bra. It's a 79, babe. We're, we're, I know. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. But then getting to the Smithsonian actually has a... <laughs> <laughs> That these three ladies, uh, Hinda Miller, Lisa Lindahl, and Polly Smith, had their husbands try on jock straps over their chests because they think that this new jogging thing is interesting, but their boobs hurt. As they think, like, what can we do to try to hmm. come up with something? And they end up going to New York, buying a bunch of fabric, buying a bunch of elastics, and running around and measuring how much each of them bounce and... And come up with the first sports bra that, uh, the jog bra, as they call it. Well, that um, makes sense. Yeah. Science. So it was available in the late 70s. Not widely available. They were just going around to, to trade shows and selling kind of them on tables. But, uh, but yeah. This have was, you had any, like, wide distribution yet? Yeah, it was about 12 years or so before there was wide distribution. But the sports bra had begun to exist at this time. Good for them. Yeah. It's a fun little story. If anybody ever gets a chance to go to the Smithsonian and, and cite and read the history, it's it's a pretty fun story. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, so the neighbor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The neighbor, uh, Don Kalfa. He's got an interesting look. He does. He does. He's very noticeable. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I probably know him best looking back uh, for... Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, he's the hitman. Yes, he gets like duped and duped because he thinks he's killed him, but then yeah, he's and he's, he's, losing he's, his he's mind. hilarious in that. He's yeah. absolutely hilarious. I did uh, see here that he is in Barney Miller seven times, playing it's, seven different characters. I told you, I told you, he looked like one of those guys where they could just like slap on a mustache or slap on too much of a tan or slap on a something and Barney Miller is way past gun smoke we've you know. true but still still an era where they think that you know you just change a little bit of an accent you change a little bit of a yeah. I don't know he's got a look to him I, he I feel does. like he's recognizable I think he is too but but he's got that kind of quirky enough look that, that they think that they could make him work I told you I definitely think he's somebody who could show up as multiple uh, characters. Oh, yeah, he's pretty much made a career as a character actor playing Italian guy or mob guy. Okay. And so that's pretty Well, much... this was a whole different vibe it, for him. I know, exactly. That guy had to be fun. I mean, I don't see in his, you know, I mean, maybe Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he got a chance to be, and uh, he was in Return of the Living Dead, which had a real, if you've never seen that one, had a real fun kind of punk rock, rockabilly aesthetic. And... Oh, yeah. Didn't they, did they do that on How, um, How Did This Get Made? Did we uh, listen maybe to on that? Movie Crush. Okay. I remember listening to an episode, a podcast episode about that while, I think while we were, maybe this fall, this past mm -hmm. fall, while we were traveling. We were in Gatlinburg of yes. all places. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that seems like the one moment he really had like, just surround myself with sexy ladies. <laughs> 
I don't think any place else in his career that that was really a thing. That's funny. We yeah, we should we should look into um, Weekend at Bernie's. I feel like that kind of falls into the realm a little bit too. I, I need to like kind of sit in it and think about where the time and but I remember it being around and I remember not kind of knowing a weekend lot about it. Bernie's. I discovered the same weekend. I discovered UHF. Oh, okay. we were at a. Uh, actually, we still know the people that own this house. It's not the people that own the house growing up, but we were in their rec room, and the video store was moving. So they had ten dollars for basically as many VHSs as you could carry. Oh my! Did, did my dad know about this? He probably didn't. I don't think. I don't even know if you guys lived in in Nashville at the time. But yeah, ten dollars for as many movies as you can carry, and oh you bring gosh. them back in a week to the new location. Oh wow, that was a that was genius. I know. Way to like not have to move a bunch of stuff. Yeah, that's genius. So we've talked a little bit about you know my dad and taping things and being prolific VHS taper, and we've gone into I'm gonna call it the vault um, a couple of times recently to to see if we can find some of the original. But pretty much the vault right now just looks like everything he bought from the last <laughs> remaining blockbuster. I know that there are videos, so stay tuned. We're, we're going to try and find our way to where the old VHSs are that he taped. But we need right- to find the, the deeper vault. Right, yeah. The one thing he's probably <laughs> hidden from my mom because she'd be throwing them away. Um, so I have sweatsuit on the beach. Uh-huh. And it's as ridiculous as it looks. I can't find any okay. sort of I mean, I suggestion it be that this that was, was some semblance of a trend or a thing. I think it was just ridiculous. Just to make, yeah, make him stand out. That makes sense. It was so ridiculous that I just figured I had to be missing something. And I don't think so. <laughs> nope. Nope. Like it, the 70s were just weird. People were eating jello molds and having swinger parties. True. Uh, like the, things are just weird in the 70s. And no, I, I think it's. Just universally, that was just a joke. Yes. Um, and then I've got the Santa Claus movie. I was sure that it was a um, Michael McKeon type. Michael McKeon was way too young at that point. Judd. Oh, like the guy who's trying to convince him to... Yeah, it was John Lithgow. Oh, that's fun. I can see that. He's so good at being swarmy and then completely delightful in, in different roles. He's perfect. He is just... Yeah, he's always he's always believable in yes. anything he does. yes. If you guys haven't checked out, oh my gosh, now I'm not going to Trial run. and error? Yes. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. If any of you have ever listened to a true crime podcast and thought, what if this was just ridiculous? It did. Go it's for perfect. It. The first season is John Lithgow. Um, it's kind of a little bit of, if, if anyone is, who is a true crime fan, if you are familiar with The Staircase, it's a little bit of a parody. Spoiler alert. Okay, well, we can cut that out. <laughs> we can cut that out. Um, but yeah, it's it's amazing. It's super fun. First season is John Lithgow. Murder board. Murder, Murder board. board. <laughs> Murder board. <laughs> so I'm, I'm done with this movie. Anything else you got? Nope. I'm, I think we're we're done with the summer. I have, screw this summer. Yeah, I, sorry we were, guys. Like, we really thought we were good. Like I said, we were gonna make a sexy, sizzly summer. Did uh, you see the box covers for these movies? I know both of them, but nope. Sorry, middle aged just disasters. So even a decent proposal was just middle aged Robert uh, Redford being creepy. There's so much middle aged man being creepy in movies that we thought were supposed to be sexy. Well, that that's the thing. I mean, that that that's what all this about. Was it worth the hype? 
three of those, no, they weren't. We wouldn't have wanted to, we wouldn't have gotten through the first couple minutes of any of them. Like, uh, bored, move on. That was just three in a row that, yeah, weren't worth it. Okay, so we're coming to the end of the summer. So what's at the end of the summer? Back to school. Exactly. So we are going to be hitting up back to school. um, And I think that our first foray into back to school is going to be Teen Wolf. So we watch Teen Wolf a lot in my house. So this is going to be one that's kind of a little bit of a mix because it was allowed at my house. There were some edited scenes, you know, as my mom is. I want to hear all about the moments that were cut out. But, um, but it was one that we watched, so it was very much a part of that. But for you... I mean, this was one that was on on a Saturday night, probably, on Fox or Wonderful World of Disney or, or something. And I'm sure I watched 20 minutes of it and got bored and went on to something else. It, you know, it was going to be a basketball movie. I didn't want sports. I didn't really like sports but movies. But it's not really a sports movie. So. I, I, I know, I know. And I believe that the scene of him transforming played on just about every one of those screener tapes I've told you about. Oh, right, right, you right. Know, that scene is a classic, classic VHS era Hollywood scene. Okay. Yeah, so Teen Wolf. So lots of fun, lots of um, everybody surfing in the USA. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, then you need to check out that. And this one's going to be problematic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I know very little about this movie. We're going to have a lot of feelings movie. about this movie. <laughs> but this, this is going to be probably more problematic than the last couple we've done. Could be. And the last couple we've done were very but overt. It's, but it's fun. It's a fun one. It... it it, it has much more, I think it has more heart than a lot of the ones that we've seen. And we have some memories with them as opposed to them being a little bit more in that kind of, you know, out there in the ether type of movies. So we're going to check out Teen Wolf, um, hoping, crossing fingers, that it will still be fun. But it would probably does have some um, um, earmarks of its era uh. that <laughs> that we will be discussing. So, yes. And if it doesn't, we're going to pick a fun one no matter what. We're going to Right. We'll probably we'll we'll record scratch and we'll replace. We'll just watch something completely different if it's not fun. We won't even record the episode. Yep. Well, yeah. We'll just, we'll take a a, a executive decision and just (laughs) replace. All right, guys. Well, I'm Zach. Jenny. And get us at uh, Instagram, Forbidden Cinema, email, Forbidden Cinema Podcast at gmail.com. Com. Congrats. What am I even doing here? You got I it. I got it. I got it. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. And we will see you at school. All right.